Let me set the scene for you. Uh, Jesus has just been doing some amazing things. He's been teaching. He's been healing. He just fed the 5,000. He just walked on water. He was full of grace. He was full of mercy, full of truth. And yet he was also challenging. And he was challenging everyone to repent of their sins and turn to God. And so he was opening up the way to God. And, and, And not just for the super religious... He is opening up the way to God for ordinary men and women, boys and girls. He was drawing them near to God. And understandably, his fame was increasing and it was beginning to spread throughout the land. And of course, these stories would have probably been buzzing around Jerusalem as well, being the religious capital and all. And so head office decides to send in the heavies to check out this young upstart and see if he's telling the the, the correct religious line. And with all of these amazing things that Jesus has been doing and all of this amazing teaching that Jesus has been giving, these religious heavies turn up from head office and they wanted to know one thing. You ready for it? Why don't your disciples wash their hands before they eat? (laughs) Imagine that. You'd think they were talking to preschool kids. Imagine coming face to face with the creator of the universe you have an opportunity to talk to him about any subject that comes to your mind, what would you ask him? Well, I know what I wouldn't be asking him. (laughs) I wouldn't be asking him about personal hygiene. How foolish did they look, eh? But you know what? We can be just as foolish and just as hard-hearted as these religious heavies from head office every time we place on somebody a burden that isn't in the Bible, a burden that is a teaching of man, which makes it difficult to to follow Christ. Every time we do that, we're doing exactly the same thing. Every time we put up a barrier which is based on a religious tradition, every time we begin to teach the teaching of men instead of God's word, we're doing exactly the same thing. And it doesn't matter what branch of the church you come from, all churches have their religious traditions. The religious traditions are things that you do or don't do that are not commandments of God, but the commandments of men. And we're not immune from that here either. If we haven't developed religious traditions already, we certainly will before long. It's just the way we work. It's just what happens. So let's have a look at this reading and we're going to see what Jesus rejected about the traditions of the Pharisees and the scribes. They asked him, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. Let me tell you, the washing of the hands wasn't the main issue. There's a lot more at stake here than simple personal hygiene. You see what they're doing? They were appealing to the authority of somebody else. They were appealing to the authority of the elders, the hierarchy of of religion, if you like. And they were appealing to their traditions. Now, the scribes and the Pharisees were fastidious about keeping the law and I I told you this a couple of months ago. Um, And and they they were so keen to keep God's law and they wanted to keep it to the nth degree that they decided to, to define it all. And so they built a fence around it, basically, defining exactly what they had to do in every situation. And in Jesus' day, this was just a verbal teaching, Um, I think you've unplugged the thing, have you? In in Jesus' day, this was just a verbal teaching. 
but uh, a couple hundred years later they wrote it down and it came to 800 pages and it's known as the Mishnah. And then there were commentaries to explain the Mishnah and so there was another couple of books of that. And all of these were not God's law. That's what they were judging the disciples on but they were not God's law. They were merely man's explanation and interpretation of it. But the problem was they began to teach their traditions as if they were God's law. And they're expecting everybody to adhere to their traditions as if it was actually God's law. And sometimes their teachings and their traditions, their doctrines, would be incompatible with God's law. And so they'd then say, well, you have to keep our traditions. And, and that was the ludicrous nature of it, was that sometimes they would disobey God's law in order to keep man's law. So here's the example from today's reading. From scripture, they knew that God is a holy God. If you, if you read um, uh, especially the book of Leviticus, which describes all what the high priest has to do and so on, and all the priests to, to make themselves worthy for God, it's not long until you realise that, that you've got to be clean and pure and holy before you can go into the presence of God. And it describes this complex cleansing ritual that they have to go through to prepare themselves to come in and to encounter the Almighty. So they knew these things from their Bible, from the Old Testament. But I guess the question they would have had in their minds is how do we, ordinary men, like we're not, we're not priests, but how do we get ourselves a better standing with God? How can we please God more? And of course the logical outset of that is... is Okay, well maybe we've got to be clean too. And so they started developing all of their own cleanliness rules that they expected people to adhere to. And this is where the tradition of washing their hands came from. But it then became not just something they wanted to do to try and please God, but it became something that they demanded everybody else do because they said God would demand this. And one entire tractate, that's like a book of the Mishnah, Yadim, deals with hands, specifying such details as how much water must be used for an effective ceremonial purification. So it says, If a man poured water over the one hand with a single rinsing, his hand is clean. But if somebody else pours it and you wash two hands with that amount of water, then they're not clean. And unless... Amaya um, declares them unclean unless he pours over them a quarter log or more. Now that's obviously their measurement which I don't understand. And it was these sorts of rules and regulations that they're picking up Jesus' disciples on. But Jesus trumps them. Jesus comes back at them. Your, your traditions. You're, you're worried about my disciples breaking your traditions. Well, for the sake of your traditions, you break God's law. And then he gave them an example. The fifth commandment is to honour your parents. You hear that, kids? Honour your mother and father. Yep. Now that's the fifth commandment. Now that implies looking after them if they need help. And as mum and dad get old, you're going to see that they're going to need a little bit more looking after. Um, I know I'm going to need my kids to push me around in my wheelchair or whatever else. But one of the traditions that they had is what they called Corban. And Corban is where you could dedicate something you owned to God. Now that sounds good, doesn't it? It's good to dedicate stuff to God, good to give things to God. Yeah, it is good if you have a pure heart. 
But the problem is these scribes and Pharisees didn't have pure hearts. And so they're looking at it from a very selfish point of view and they started misusing it. If a man had property, he could declare it Corban, dedicated to God. Therefore, it was unavailable to his parents if they should need it. And this convenient declaration apparently left the property actually still at the disposal of the one who had made the vow, but deprived his parents of any right to it. So you see what they are doing here? They, well, I don't want to. I don't want to look after my parents. They, they, they don't need any of my stuff to get them by in their old age. I'm going to dedicate it to God, but I can keep using it until the day I die, and and my folks can't get it. And of course, Jesus exposed the ludicrous nature of some of their traditions and sometimes the incompatibility with God's law. Let me tell you, traditions don't make you pure. Some people have their, in their mind when they think of church, they think of a whole lot of traditions and things that you do at church, thinking, yep, that's going to make me right with God. Traditions don't make us pure. What goes into your mouth doesn't make you clean or unclean. It's what comes out of your mouth. Did you know your mouth is the overflow of your heart? Just like we have a everybody's got a rainwater tank, do they? Is anyone missing a rainwater tank? Some of you might be missing water out of it at the moment, but we all have rainwater tanks, and rainwater tanks have an overflow, don't they? When the tank is full, it overflows. What comes out of the rainwater tank? What sort of water? Rainwater. Yeah, yeah, of course it does. What the tank is full of is what overflows out of the tank. Now, your heart has an overflow point. It's called a mouth. And what your heart is full of pretty good sign of what comes out of your mouth. Right? So, if, if loving words come out of your mouth, it's a pretty good sign that, that your heart is full of love. If, if hatred, hateful words come out of your mouth, it's a pretty good sign that your heart's full of hate. If foul language comes out of your mouth, it's a pretty fair sign that your heart is foul. Alright? You can do all of the ritual hand washing you like but it's not going to make one skerrick of difference to your heart and that's what Jesus is interested in he's not interested in an outward show of making yourself clean he's interested in whether your heart is clean you can dedicate every bit of property that you have to God but if you do it to spite your parents well, that's a sure sign that you've got a very dirty heart. Jesus said, So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God, you hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honours me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. What a dreadful indictment. Let that never be said of us here. This people honours me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. May that never be able to be said of you and I. 
May our hearts be close to God. Showy religion doesn't cut it. Dedicated religious observance doesn't cut it. Honouring God with your lips is in vain. God doesn't want your lip service. God wants your heart and then he'll take your lips as well. There's nothing wrong with praising God, of course, as long as it's done in truth. Through the prophet Isaiah, God said, In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. It's not so common today, but in some churches, I know certainly in my parents' day, dancing was forbidden. Um, As I grew up, I had some friends who weren't even allowed to play on a Sunday because that was way too much like work. Some denominations forbid having a television in the house, but it's okay to have a wireless. Some churches have strict rules over who can or cannot take or distribute communion. Church might have a dress dress code, so if someone turns up in shorts and thongs, they're frowned upon. And this morning I came dressed in my daggy, unironed work shirt for this reason, to say, hey... These are rules that are made by men and if all you've got in your cupboard is a daggy, unironed work shirt and you don't feel like having a shave this morning, the minister's done it so you can too. Don't let it keep you away from church. Um, Don't you tell my wife I came in this room. Um, In some churches, the only musical instrument... It's okay if he wears a daggy, unironed work shirt to church. Doesn't have a shave. Doesn't have a shave. Justin, you've got such little hair on your face, I I wouldn't be doing any shaving at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) In some churches, the only musical instrument that you're allowed to play is an organ, preferably non-electronic. Um, one that somebody has to pedal. And drums, of course, are forbidden because they're satanic. Or maybe hymns are never played because, hey, we only want to appeal to the young people. Now, all these sorts of things are traditions. They're rules, they're regulations, but they're made up by men. Some of these things are taught as things that must be done or must not be done. Rules that must be kept. But they're not even in God's word. They are traditions of men. They're not requirements of God. You could probably share with me half a dozen examples that you've come across in your life of people in churches making up rules and regulations and having expectations of what people should or should not do in order to be right with God or in order to be acceptable to come to church or whatever. These rules of men have been a burden and a barrier to Christians and particularly to new Christians, particularly to people who are only just starting to have their hearts changed by God. And then we put up all of these barriers which say, which just scream, we don't say you're not welcome, but these barriers and expectations we put out scream to them and what they hear is you're not welcome, you're not one of us, you'll never fit. Beware of traditions. Traditions are powerful things. They can be good or they can be bad. Never think that all traditions are bad. Some traditions are very good. But then again, sometimes they start out as good 
with the very best of intentions, but then over time they become an ungodly rule. Beware of traditions. Um, Do something for the first time ever in a church and it's new and it probably won't be accepted. If you do it a second time, people might start to get used to it and start to think about it and start to like it, but be very careful about ever doing something in a church for a third time. Because there you're getting into dangerous ground. You could be beginning a new tradition that you'll never be able to get rid of. But it's, it's not only making up new rules that Jesus rejected. He also rejected doing away with the commandments of God and putting aside biblical teaching in order to satisfy human ideas about God. Now, we've all heard the word doctrine. Yeah? Have we heard heard of the word doctrine? The word doctrine simply means it's what the church believes. It's the teachings of the church. It is the teaching that a church holds as true. So there are good doctrines and there are bad doctrines. So, for instance, there's the doctrine of grace. This is a good doctrine. This is what we believe and teach about the grace of God. So a doctrine is a belief that is held and taught by a church. For a doctrine to be a good doctrine, it must hold firm to biblical teaching. A doctrine becomes bad when it does away with biblical teaching. A doctrine becomes bad when it does away with the commandments of God and puts aside biblical teaching in order to satisfy human ideas about God. There's all sorts of ways that doctrines can be formed today. Doctrines formed off of a person's theology, that is their thinking about God, rather than the word of God, have no place in the church. Doctrines formed by social concern, doctrines formed by feelings or life experience, doctrines devised to make the Christian message more appealing to an increasingly godless society. If any of these doctrines put aside biblical teaching, they have no place in the church. And they are precisely the sorts of teachings that Christ rejected in the law of the religious heavies. Jesus said, Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. These things come out of the heart. If any doctrine be taught that promotes or allows any of these things, you can be sure of one thing. That doctrine is not from God. It is from the pit of hell and that's where it should return. My heart cannot be trusted to devise, to come up with new doctrine. My heart is a human sinful heart and my heart needs to be shaped by good doctrine. My heart needs to be shaped by God's word. My heart shouldn't be shaping God's word by it. You hear what I'm saying here? Our hearts need to be shaped by God's word. We don't shape God's word by what's in our heart. 
because they can't be trusted. To many people in our society, a message like this is deeply offensive. And um, the, the apostles, said that the disciples said to Jesus, hey, did you know that you know, the Pharisees and the scribes, they were really offended when you said that. Well, some people today would say to us, well, who are you to tell me what I should believe or should not believe? Well, you can all believe what you like. They can believe what they like, but it doesn't make it true. You can believe what you like, but that doesn't... You cannot claim that it is a doctrine of the church. You can believe what you like, but all that makes you is a blind guide. And there's a lot of liberal theology today which is simply a case of the blind leading the blind, where people make up their own ideas about God, people make up their own rules and regulations and guidelines to live by, and these things are based on things like psychology, based on science, based on environmentalism or humanitarianism, and we can just see this more and more arising in the institutional church today. My prayer is that we would be a people whose hearts are close to God. That we wouldn't be a people who just honour God with our lips, but our hearts are close to him. My prayer is that we would follow and believe and teach sound doctrine based on God's word. Now the thing is, we we won't be able to know what sound doctrine is unless we're reading God's word. We won't be able to recognise sound doctrine unless we study God's word. And I'd be bold enough to say that we will never start to love sound doctrine. We'll never start to love God's truth until we start to love his word. And you'll never be able to fully love God unless you are reading his word, because God reveals himself in his word. And my prayer is that we would never create and devise rules, regulations, traditions that create barriers between people and God, because God never put those barriers there. In Jesus Christ, he came to tear down all of those barriers that had been set up by centuries of religious rule. This is my prayer. Draw near to God, love his word, hold true to good doctrine and never create human barriers.